Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Monday, January 15th. Today we're looking at the political landscape with Arevalo becoming Guatemala's president on an anti-corruption plank amid chaos and a quiet Dutch village providing insights as European politics veer to the right. Plus, we'll discuss why Taiwan's election isn't a disaster for Xi unless he makes it one, and how Donald Trump's grip on Republican politics is being put to the test in ice-cold Iowa's caucuses. This coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Politics Station. Please enjoy today's selection of political news. Guatemala has a new president, Bernardo Arevalo, who was finally sworn in after months of political wrangling. Abby, our correspondent, is here to provide some insights. Abby, could you tell us more about the political climate leading up to Arevalo's inauguration? Absolutely, Michael. Arevalo's rise to power has been marked by significant resistance from Guatemala's long-ruling elite and a conservative-leaning Congress. Despite his landslide win in an August runoff, his inauguration was delayed by hours as Congress negotiated the formation of a new directive council. This delay sparked protests and drew criticism from international bodies, including the United States, the European Union, and the Organization of American States. So it seems Arevalo's path to the presidency was fraught with obstacles. But what about his platform? What does he stand for? Arevalo, a career academic and diplomat, has long been an outspoken critic of corruption in Guatemala. His popular anti-corruption platform, known as the Seed Movement, has drawn wide support from across the country. He has promised to revive trust in state institutions that have been seen as neglecting communities for decades. His election represents a significant shift in Guatemalan politics. That's quite a promise. But given the resistance he's faced, how likely is it that he'll be able to enact these reforms? That's the million-dollar question, Michael. The last-minute hurdles to his inauguration underscore the challenges he faces in reforming a political system where many who wield power feel threatened by his agenda. However, his party also won the presidency of the Congress, which could give him some influence in shaping the body's agenda. What about the public? How have they responded to Arevalo's election and the subsequent delays in his inauguration? The public response has been significant. Thousands of people traveled from across the country to witness Arevalo's swearing-in. When the inauguration was delayed, they protested outside the congressional building. Furthermore, there have been nationwide mobilizations led by indigenous leaders to defend democracy. These protests have been ongoing for more than 100 days, demanding respect for the election results. It's clear that Arevalo's presidency is a significant moment for Guatemala. Thanks for your insights, Abby. Now, shifting our focus to Europe, where the political climate is changing with far-right parties gaining traction in several countries. The Netherlands, once known for its moderate politics, is now seeing a surge in support for the anti-immigrant party for freedom. Abby, our European correspondent, what's driving this change? Michael, it seems that a combination of economic and cultural anxieties is fueling this shift. In the Netherlands, the Party for Freedom, led by Geert Wilders, has capitalized on these fears, particularly around immigration. Despite the fact that less than 5% of the population is Muslim, Wilders' anti-immigrant, anti-Muslim rhetoric has resonated with many voters. So it's not just about immigration. There's also a sense of dissatisfaction with the current political system. Absolutely. Many Dutch citizens have grown increasingly disgruntled as successive governments have been unable to halt the erosion of social benefits, despite high levels of taxation. 
This dissatisfaction, coupled with rising immigration and a cost-of-living crisis, has created a fertile ground for Wilder's populist messaging. And this isn't just happening in the Netherlands, right? We're seeing similar trends across Europe. Yes, that's correct. Far-right parties are gaining ground in countries like Germany, France, Spain, Sweden, and Austria. In some cases, these shifts are beginning to undermine democratic foundations. For instance, in Hungary and Serbia, recent elections have been deemed free but not fair, as ruling parties have captured the media, courts, and electoral authorities. So what does this mean for the future of European politics, especially with the upcoming European Union parliamentary election? Analysts predict that far-right parties, currently the sixth largest group in the assembly, are likely to gain more seats. This could give them more influence over EU policies on everything from civil rights to gender issues to immigration. The shift to the right could dramatically reshape the political landscape of the continent. It's a complex and concerning situation, and we appreciate your insights, Abby. Now, in a recent election, Taiwan has chosen William Lai, a doctor-turned-politician, as its new leader, a move seen as a rejection of China's strong-arm tactics. Abby, could you give us a bit more context on this? Absolutely, Michael. Lai represents the Democratic Progressive Party, DPP, which is known for its skepticism towards Beijing. This election result sets the stage for a tense four years as Beijing considers Taiwan its sovereign territory, while Lai insists that Taiwan is already a sovereign, independent country. This disagreement has already led to strained cross-strait ties over the last eight years of DPP government. And how has Beijing reacted to this election result? Beijing has not taken the news well. They've accused foreign governments and the EU of interfering with China's internal affairs by congratulating Lai and Taiwan's democracy for a clean and fair election. They've particularly taken issue with U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken's congratulations, accusing him of sending a gravely wrong signal. Given the tension, what could we expect from Beijing in response to this election result? Experts predict that Beijing's response could be swift and severe. This could include intensified military drills, new trade restrictions on Taiwanese companies, and heightened cyber attacks on Taiwanese infrastructure. However, it's unclear just how far Beijing is prepared to go. It's interesting to note that while Lai won the election, a majority of Taiwan voters disagree with the DPP's China-skeptic approach. Could this influence the future of Taiwan's relationship with China? It's possible, Michael. While Lai won 40.1% of the vote, the main opposition nationalists secured 33.5%, and the Taiwan People's Party won 26.5%. Both of these parties campaigned on restarting dialogue and improving ties with Beijing. This suggests that a majority of Taiwan voters are interested in improving relations with China, but couldn't agree on the best pro-rapprochement alternative. This could potentially influence future elections and the direction of Taiwan's relationship with China. And how does this affect the domestic political landscape in Taiwan? The three-way split in the vote means that Taiwan now has a hung legislature. The DPP will have to work closely with other parties to enact its agenda. This could potentially lead to a more nuanced approach to policymaking and a shift in the political climate. It's certainly going to be an interesting few years for Taiwan. Thanks for your insights, Abby. Meanwhile, the political climate in Iowa is heating up despite the icy weather as the state's caucuses kick off with former President Donald Trump looking to secure a victory that could set the tone for the rest of the Republican Party's 2024 nomination process. Abby, our political correspondent, 
What's the latest? Well, Michael, despite the freezing temperatures and hazardous travel conditions, the Iowa caucuses are underway. Trump is entering the day with a significant lead, but his former chief rival, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, and former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley are battling it out for second place. Both are hoping to emerge as the clear alternative to Trump. It's interesting to see Trump's influence still so strong in the Republican Party. What does this mean for the party moving forward? Trump's political strength, despite his legal troubles and controversial tenure in the White House, speaks volumes about the current state of the Republican Party. It seems that the party is either unwilling or unable to move on from him. However, it's important to note that while Trump has a significant lead, there's still a large portion of Republican voters who are likely to vote for someone else. Let's talk about the weather conditions. How are they affecting the caucuses? The weather is certainly playing a role, with temperatures dipping as low as negative 14 degrees Fahrenheit and hazardous travel conditions due to recent snowfall, campaigns are bracing for a low turnout contest. This could potentially skew the results, making the process even less representative of the overall voter sentiment. What about the other candidates? How are they faring in the race? Well, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are locked in a close battle for second place. Both have been campaigning aggressively in recent weeks. Haley has been positioning herself as a new generational leader, while DeSantis has said he enjoys being the underdog. Other candidates on the ballot include entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy and former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson. It's certainly a race to watch, and we appreciate the insights, Abby. All right, that wraps up our stories for today on Current Radio, and we look forward to bringing you more updates tomorrow.